there was a glitch in my system something that made me realize my life is like it's it's you know there's so much more and i realized that if i kept ignoring it and brushing it under the under the carpet this was going to come back to haunt me and i had to do something one of the first experiences that i that i cherished a lot was climbing through zochela it was one of the most toughest passes uh, but back then they say ignorance is bliss uh, <laughs> and i i i didn't really think much about it and i went out and did it but in hindsight it was one of the toughest passes that i've done because i think that day particularly was very very uh, it was very dicey because there were a lot of landslides and i i like a fool uh, walk across one with my bike on my shoulder and that was that was like the scariest thing cycling through the village you know they'd stop me and they would they'd start talking to me and stuff like that uh, and they would come they'll be like come have chai you know uh, i'd sit have chai have chai then they like let's let's go i'll show you my field we we'll go to field uh, and on the way back we'd stop at the school and talk to the kids and Uh, they say it's it's lunch time you should have lunch and then i would have lunch and then by the time it's on it's on the chart point oh you fall asleep you know wow. uh, by the yeah you wake up in the evening and they're like just stay just stay and then yeah so again my my trip got yeah and i came on the other side and again people are like where did this guy come from <laughs> because there were a lot of people who were on the other side who were waiting yeah. uh, and i came and they were taking photos of me and stuff like that it was, it was like okay i am bikey winky and this is the working athlete podcast here I talk to working athletes from all walks of life and experts from various sports to provide you with inspiration, training tips, time management and lifestyle advice. If this is something that interests you, please make sure you subscribe to the channel so that you don't miss any future episodes. If you have any suggestions for guests on the show, leave a comment on the YouTube channel or join the working athlete community on Facebook to leave us a message. I'll put the links for that in the show notes. Today's guest is an explorer at heart, an explorer who started out searching for some answers in the depths of his own soul. In the process of discovering himself, he ended up quite literally scaling the Himalayan heights. He completed BE and MTech degrees from MIT Manipal and started working as an assistant professor there. but the answers he was looking for could not be found in any of the books he read he ended up writing his own book the uncharted my journey into the himalayas with the learnings from his himalayan journeys he is always looking for newer adventures to undertake and newer answers to uncover he shares his love for outdoors and adventure with his students and anyone who is interested to find their own answers to their questions his name is ganesh nayak welcome to the working athlete podcast ganesh it's such a pleasure having you on the show hi venki it's 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 uh, i'm thrilled to be here i can't believe that i'm here <laughs> 
Good. So let us start by uh, introducing uh, your book, The Uncharted, uh, My Journey into the Himalayas, right? I had the privilege of uh, reading it before uh, uh, most in the world uh, because I had the privilege of writing the foreword for the book. But uh, I... Yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, it is impossible to capture all the stories, uh, you know, that and the essence of the book uh, in the time that we have. But we will uh, try to uh, capture some of the uh, stories uh, in the podcast. But uh, I would encourage any of the listeners to uh, find the book. I will put the link in the uh, description of the sh- uh, show notes. And you can go and find that. Uh, where, where can they find uh, Ganesh? They can order on. Uh, I think Amazon. Yeah. Amazon.in. So if they look for Uncharted um, by Ganesh Naik, they should be able to get a copy. Awesome. Yeah. yeah I was uh, going through the Amazon um, uh, uh, the book uh, listed listings on the Amazon, and uh, I saw five ratings all over so it's it, it, <laughs> yeah it's what it deserves uh, it's really captures a lot of you know interesting stories that you had um, so i would encourage all the listeners to um, go get a copy and uh, read it with that let us um, start with the podcast now um the first time I met you was uh, at Crankmeister, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So you, you were uh, interning as a mechanic uh, there. Um, and yeah. When we started uh, ch- uh, chatting, I, I was surprised to hear that uh, you, you were an MTech graduate from uh, uh, MIT, Manipal, and uh, you were working. I was like puzzled and were asking what what are you doing working as a mechanic and then um, i learned that you were in fact preparing yourself to uh, be able to uh, repair any issues that you might have with your bike right so yes. that, that yes. <laughs> yeah so let us start with um, you know how uh, how did you uh, get into cycling uh, what what made you pick up a bike all right so um, so i i was a i was a long time long term smoker so i've had uh, I, I was addicted to smoking for uh, since 2002 um, and i've been trying to kick the habit uh, since 2010 and everything i tried it it, it became impossible I tried so many times, I failed, uh, and finally I decided, uh, or at least I did a lot of reading, and it told me that I needed to make really like, good and uh, big lifestyle changes. I basically needed to respect my body. And I realized that at some point I was fighting a battle. There was always a battle inside. There was some conflict. Uh, and I realized that I wasn't mentally strong enough to take on this 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 uh, this addiction it's, it's uh, you know so many yeah. people are addicted to it it's, it's it becomes very difficult and i realized i was mentally not prepared or strong enough to take on 
that's I think because I wasn't physically strong as well. I was leading a largely sedentary lifestyle. I uh, hadn't exercised in over a decade. I was very weak. Um, and I realized that if I needed to take on this, uh, then I needed to become strong. Mm. Um, and I started making those lifestyle changes. And this is, in fact, uh, on in a couple of days, I sp- uh, I'm going to celebrate eight years of being uh, smoke-free, 23rd December. Wow. So 23rd December 2012, uh, 2012 is um, when I quit my cigarette smoking. Okay. Um, and I picked a bicycle. And uh, I don't know why I picked a bicycle. I knew that I couldn't run because I had a previous leg injury. So I decided, okay, let me, let me bike. Uh, and that's how I got on a bicycle. Um, okay. So, and yeah, I haven't looked back since. Yeah. So let, let's go back a little bit. So you said you have been smoking from 2002. How old were you at that time? <laughs> I think I was uh, just around 1920. Okay. So, yeah. Okay, so you picked up the habit quite early. Um, so, how what what uh, made you pick pick that up? Like, is it uh, you talk about that a little bit in the book? But let's uh, touch upon that. Uh, Peer pressure is what you attribute that to, right? Yeah, so I, I would put it down as peer pressure, uh, but also there is there is that thing inside of you that you want to explore new things, you want to have, uh, and this misdirected, basically. You okay. have all this energy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was I was in Kodai Canal, uh, and... Um, and it was it was raining really heavily. I remember it was very cold, and I was with a bunch of friends who had gone on a vacation uh, to because my friend had uh, membership to some cottages, and he had arranged for us to stay there. And then we went there, and then uh, yeah, and I was just in that in that place, and there were people smoking around me, and I decided, okay, cool, why don't I try it out as well? And I okay. smoked a cigarette, and then uh, <laughs> yeah, then it, I you know I I never thought that. Uh, I would continue smoking. It was supposed to be that one-time thing, yeah. but um, yeah, it just went out of control it, very slowly. But it did go out of control, and then I, I was soon addicted mm-hmm. to cigarettes. So finally, in 2012, you decided uh, to uh, replace one habit with another, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the, and that's for how you picked up a bike. So how? Yeah. So let's talk uh, a little bit about those initial years um, in cycling. What what bike did you pick up, and how? Uh, what sort of riding did you do? Oh, um, I was in really bad shape, and I didn't really have much money. My goals were very simple. I just wanted to get fit again. So I bought. Um, you should understand that I was working in a startup. I wasn't getting paid very much. I had very little money. And with whatever little money I had, I bought a really cheap bicycle. Uh, so I, my first bicycle was a Hercules Blazer IC. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really bad bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really bad. But I, I didn't know anything about bikes back then. You should know yeah, cycling after probably since high school, I hadn't hadn't been on a bicycle, so 
I just bought it because he said, just take this. And I, and I was like, okay, cool. And I just took it. Um, and I started riding it. I was doing very small rides. I remember I couldn't even ride like a kilometer. I was running out of breath. Mm. My legs were screaming because I was in such bad shape. Um, but slowly, it, I started uh, breathing better. Uh, I started sleeping better because insomnia was one of the biggest issues, withdrawal symptoms that I was going through. I, wouldn't fall, I, couldn't fall, I could fall asleep, but I'd wake up in the middle of the night and then I would just roll around. Uh, and I was still working and I was working in a startup, so it was very demanding and I needed to be alert. Uh, I, needed to be, uh, I needed to be able to focus. And, um, so I know that cycling helped me deal with these issues. It made me sleep better. I was breathing better. I got my appetite back. Uh, I was able to start smelling things. I felt really good. Uh, and I, I continued riding and I, uh, and I, it evolved from just rides around my town to going around and exploring the countryside. I knew some roads, so I was taking those roads and I was going around. And you should know that Manipal is actually perched on top of a hill. Mm-hmm. So uh, getting out of town means that eventually you'll have to push your way up. Okay. Uh, so I started giving myself these little challenges that, okay, I'm going to climb Manipal from this side, I'm going to climb Manipal from that side. And I was all doing it on a, on a, on a single speed, really bad bicycle. So even though I had a very bad bicycle, uh, I felt that the very fact that it was so ungainly made me become stronger because I had to put so much more energy and effort into climbing these hills. Um, and I immediately started, uh, you know, you get these endorphin kick and, you, you know, you feel so, so alive. Uh, and after having spent more close to a decade just living a very unhealthy, uh, sedentary lifestyle, just being outdoors and doing things like this, uh, just gave me a new lease on life, I was, a new lease on life. I was able to do so much. I really enjoyed that experience. Uh, and I started pushing myself further and further. Um, but unfortunately, my bicycle couldn't keep up. It started breaking down. Uh, and, uh, and that's when I thought that, you know, it's, if I needed to go further, I needed to be able to fix my own bicycle. Mm. Um, and I remember I went back to the guy who sold me the bicycle and I told him I want to come and I want to learn to fix, uh, fix the bike and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and he started laughing at me because uh, I've been going to that store. He knows who we are because that store is well established in, in our locality. Mm. He was like, you're an engineer, you know, what do you mean you want to come work as a mechanic? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and I think I was very persistent and he eventually agreed to it. And I think he thought that I'm just going to come there and just, just move around and then go off. But I took it very seriously. And I actually yeah. sat down and I started working with the mechanics. I took the wheel off. I took the hubs, hubs apart. Um, and... I started to appreciate the bicycle for what it is and, 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 and how simple it is. It's, you don't really need to be like a rocket scientist to be able to fix it. You're able to do things by yourself and at least uh, take care of it with very simple tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I learned how to fix, a, put a new wheel on, put, my, put a new tire on, uh, fix a patch and stuff like that, put a new tube. Uh, but it was very empowering. Uh, and it gave me a lot of confidence because I suddenly knew what I was doing with my bicycle. I understood a little bit of bike fitting and stuff like that. Um, and all, all this time, I, I started saving money as well. Um, and that's when I came to Bangalore and I got my Sony. 
Uh, so that was, I think, six months. I was very funny because I walked into Crackmaster and I'd already contacted Arvind Ganesh and I'd been having this whole email thing with him and he set it up with Crackmaster. And I think it was Pawan who was there and Pawan yeah. asked me, so one bicycle, one bicycle were you riding before this? <laughs> I told him <laughs> I was riding like a Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> And I'd, I'd come, come to pick like a, a surly up and he must have thought who's this nutcase who walked in here. Uh, but yeah, but I knew I was, I was very, um, by the time I was, I wanted to go out and ride really long distances. Not not become a racer as such, but you should understand that Manipal has no racing culture. Mm. Uh, actually, in fact, back then there were no cyclists at all. Right. I, was, I was one of the first ones to probably do recreation cycling. There are people who are on bikes, mm. mostly using it to commute or deliver groceries and milkmen and stuff like that. Right. Um, but more like young people with disposable incomes, I think I was one of the first ones to do it. Um, and so there wasn't any culture as such. And all I wanted to do was go around and explore my, uh, my areas and uh, see how far I can ride my bike. And that's what I wanted to get caught into. Uh, so I did my research and I and I found that the Surly Longhorn Trucker was like the, the best uh, touring bicycle that I could buy. And I was lucky enough to find someone who was actually selling it in Bangalore. I mm. couldn't believe my eyes that someone was actually selling it. And mm. then I started exchanging emails with Arvind Ganesh and eventually I landed up in Crankmeister and ended up buying a Surly Longhorn Trucker. Nice, nice. So this was in, uh, when was this? This was in uh, this was in August of 2013 that I got my story. Yeah. Nice, nice. And uh, um, then you started going longer distances, is it? Yeah, I immediately started going longer distances. Okay. So the first thing that I did was go and climb this hill called Agumbe, which is uh, around 60 kilometers away. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was that was a good good experience because I went from uh, struggling to climb a flight of stairs because I've been a smoker and stuff, mm. uh, and suddenly I was cycling uh, 50 55 kilometers and then doing this big climb like a 10 kilometer climb. Back then it felt really big, and sometimes now when I'm out of shape it still feels big. Uh, but it was it was awesome going up and climbing, and it's 14 hairpin bends, and then you go and you stand up. Mm. I think. I think that was like a change, one of the changing points for me. It made me believe that I can, if I set set my mind on something, I can go out and achieve it. Right. And I was on a high. Yeah. So on the top of uh, Agumbe, it is uh, being uh, there is literally being on a high, I guess. But uh, yeah, I remember one uh, one thing uh, from the book. Uh, your mom uh, told, "Why did you?" You could just take the bus, right? Yeah, yeah. She's like, she's like. Uh, I, I remember this very well because I hadn't told her that uh, about the bicycle. Uh -huh. I told her it cost some twenty, twenty-five thousand rupees, and she's like, "How? Okay." But then she found I had taken a, you know, I was I was very. Uh, I'd taken a Xerox of the of the check that I'd given Happy Earth, uh -huh. and my mom found it. Okay. Uh, you know how moms are, they just go through all your stuff. She ended up finding my check and then she lost it. She's like, what is this? What is happening? 
<laughs> uh, and then I told her, I just I want to go and ride to Abumbe. And then she's like, you know, actually gone mad. You know, if you want to go climb Abumbe, you can just take a bus and go. What is this about? Uh, going to Bangalore, spending so much money on a bicycle, and now you you actually propose to go and ride uh, all the way there. Um, but I think I, I think this is this is this is a common thing that most people go through. But oh, yeah. you know, you're. Uh, people think your dreams are like you are. You have to be a mad person to do things like this. Yes. Uh, so I I don't blame her. Uh, in fact, she's now one of my biggest fans uh, because after that she when I told her I was going to the Himalayas, she bought me my air tickets. When I told her I was going to Iceland, she bought me my air tickets. Okay. Uh, so it, it was really nice because I when I transformed myself, everything around me transformed as well. People's perceptions. Um, Ideas about me and ideas about the world. Everything changed. It was, it was a very transformative experience, and it's not only for myself; it was for everyone around me as well. Yeah, it's amazing. So let's let's talk a little bit about that transformational experience. So, why? What made you? Uh, you know, you have been you smoked for ten years, and you know, were going about it. But what made you um, uh, think of giving it up, right? It, what made you go through that struggle? Of course, this is a struggle, right? Uh, kicking a habit like smoking yeah. is incredibly hard. What made you yeah. um, push the, those boundaries and try to, you know, unchain yourself from those, uh, you know, from that uh, big habit? So um, I, I started seeing people around me, and there were a few people who who had made uh, who had made it working, and it wasn't working for me as well. Smoking wasn't working for me. Uh, you know, it was it was just giving me it was making me sick all the time. I had no energy. Uh, I had I had tooth loss. I was I was just thirty, and I felt like an old man. Obviously, it was not working for me. Uh, and I realized that that it might. It there might be a day that it will be too late, you know. Uh, and I knew that it was injurious to my health. I didn't need I didn't need the the warning on the packet of the cigarette to tell me that. I could feel it every morning. Yeah. Uh, I depended on it to to just go use the bathroom at times. It had come down to that. It felt it felt really bad. My self esteem was down. My confidence was down. Uh, I felt trapped. Uh, and I just wanted to fight back and get rid of this because. It, it felt like my life had become unlivable. Wherever I went, my secrets were there. It, mm. it became impossible. It's, it's right. you, you know what I'm trying to tell you. It's, yeah. it's just it's just there everywhere. Yeah. Uh, you have no peace. It's it's there when you get up in the morning. It's there uh, when you when you feel really good. It's there when you had a fight. It's there. It's it's there all the time. You you smell your clothes stink. Your breath stinks, and oh my God, it's the holes in your T-shirt. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, so, it's really bad. I just yeah. So yeah. one uh, you know, tooth fall and you know feeling like an old man in your twenties is not something that is you know that anyone would like, right? So probably that is what yeah, yeah pushed you. Well, what are the uh, things that maybe uh, a few tips that you can give to someone who is looking 
for you know kicking the habit like kicking an addiction like uh, cigarette smoking so i remember biking i i tried to start stop uh, quitting since 2010 mm. uh, and uh, and it took me two years multiple times i failed mm. uh, so what is it that worked in 2012 I've thought about this and the only thing I can tell is education. I educated myself about my habit. Uh, I, I went, I read extensively on nicotine addiction and what happens inside your body uh, and what happens when you quit uh, and what are the changes that is going on in your body, understanding what are your trigger points, being ready, having a strategy in place. Uh, for any, any downfall, you need to cover all your bases. You need to be really prepared for this. Um, and and I think that's that's one of the things that I would definitely recommend people to do is to go and educate themselves. Uh, one of the sites that worked uh, really really well for me, and I still go and read very occasionally now, but I still make it a point to go read sometimes. Is whyquit.com. Um, it is a fantastic website. It's got a host of videos, and in fact, if if you're wanting to quit. They have a whole plan for you lined up, then everything, and it's completely free. Uh, so you don't have to pay anything. There is no membership. There is nothing like that. Uh, you just you can access the whole website. It's it's completely free, and I think that helped me a lot. They also have a forum on there, so you can connect with other people who are going through the same process as you are, uh, and you can form like a support structure. And they have this. In, it's incredible because these people have been doing this for for they established it in 1990s and they've okay. been running that for so long. So they, it's very extensive. It's massive library and so many articles and videos. Um, I'll tell you, I'm 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 just one cigarette away from becoming an addict again. So there are times that even now, eight years later, I get urges once in a while, but it's so much more easier to handle. Yeah. Um, whyquit.com so, is it? It's yeah, it's called www.whyquit.com. W H Y Q Q U I T.com. Yes, whyquit. Okay, yeah, it's a fantastic website. Whoever approaches me um, on on quitting cigarettes, I tell them just go to that website and start reading, just looking at the videos. You'll understand what is happening. You'll understand why you're addicted. And you'll also understand, and they'll give you tips, and uh, they'll, they'll walk you through the whole quit process. Okay. It's amazing. It's amazing. I think if it wasn't for that website and me finding it, uh, it would have been a very different ballgame. It would have been very different, I think. So education, education, education. I think education works. Yeah. And as a smoker, uh, your best chance for you to succeed is to educate yourself. And looking at all the possibilities, of, uh, the withdrawal symptoms and all that and being ready to tackle them, you know, being aware of yes. all that and being ready to tackle them. And uh, all, yes. the, all the internal dialogues uh, of the excuses, okay, yes. just this one yes. and all that that yeah. goes on with every addiction, yeah. you've got to be yes. careful about. Because you are yes. just, as you said, just one perfect way from being an addict again. Being an addict. Yeah. Yes, just one puff, and I know that I'm going to be in that again. So it's yeah. it's just not worth it. I, right. Yeah. yeah. 
Great. So, you know, you kicked that habit, you picked up a bike and you started riding and you uh, got a surly long haul trucker and um, you started climbing all the hills around uh, Manipal. Now from Manipal to uh, the leap to Himalayas, how did that uh, Himalayas thing uh, happen? What drew you to Himalayas? It's, it's the biggest mountains in the world and they're right here. I don't need to take a flight. I don't need to do any of that. It's right there. Uh, and I was in the Western Ghats. So I was cycling around the Western Ghats. And the only thing bigger than the Western Ghats in India are the Himalayas. So it was an obvious step. Okay. Uh, the next step was the Himalayas. So that's where I headed. Uh, obviously, thinking about it, like when I climbed uh, Agumbe in August, uh, it still took me one more year. I got my I got my surgery in August of 2013. Mm-hmm. Only in August of 2014 that I was able to go out and start cycling the Himalayas. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took a lot of time. You should understand this was this was still this was six years ago, seven years ago. There wasn't as much infrastructure or as many bicyclists out there mm-hmm. as you find nowadays. Nowadays, there's so many people yeah. in Manipal itself. If I go out in the morning, I find so many people on their bikes and mm. uh, riding around. Back then, there was nobody. So I had to figure everything out by myself. Right. Um, so it took a lot of time. It took a lot of patience, a lot of trial and error, understanding, a lot of failures. Uh, it, it wasn't simple. It was, it was like, it's pretty, yeah, what, pretty challenging. Let's talk a little bit about that preparation. What, what sort of preparation went into... Uh, the uh, the time leading up to Himalayas. What sort of planning? What sort of preparation in terms of training uh, went through that? There were several aspects to it. There was the whole physical training. You know, I was uh, so I was still working like a full time job. It was pretty demanding. I was. I told you I was working at a startup. Uh, so uh, I would go to office and I I had to work. A whole day and sometimes that day uh, is not set it's not like okay five o'clock you're just home uh, sometimes the day went up to six sometimes it went up to eight sometimes it went up to nine uh, so for me taking care of my training became one of the most important things um, so what i would do is i would wake up even before my boss did so i would get up at 4 a.m i knew that at that point in time he's not going to call me or send me an email uh, so I would get up at four. I would be out of the door at four thirty, uh, and I would, I would, I would cycle for two hours, and then I would do, I would do yoga after that. I would do yoga after that. Um, so even before my day started, like the day, like the office day started, I would have done with my my training was over. So I knew that uh, that was taken care of, um, and then I would go work. Uh, and if my day ended up early, then in the evenings I would I would still continue training, but really light. I would just go out for a walk, mm-hmm. uh, or if I felt like it, I would do some body weight training. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't ever step into a gym mm-hmm. the whole time I was training for the Himalayas. Mm-hmm. Um, so that 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 made there was a lot of discipline as well that went into it in the sense that I had to see that I went to bed every night at nine o'clock because I had to be up at four in the morning. Right. So. Uh, there was a lot of uh, I had to prioritize things. I no to uh, a social life for a whole year. I just I just said no. 
there is a much bigger thing that I want to go out and achieve. Uh, so I know it said no to movies. I said no to uh, no to friends, no to parties. Uh, I basically that that thing just went out the window at the very beginning. So I had to be very disciplined in my choices. I had to understand what my priorities were, and I had to set it, and I had to I had to stick stick by it. Uh, because if I wanted to make this a success, I had to spend so much time, and I realized the importance of training. So I think. Along with my whole mental, uh, physical conditioning, my mental conditioning also was taken care of because I was, uh, I had to be so disciplined in, in, in this, in this endeavor. Right. Um, also, there was the money aspect of it. I knew that nobody was going to sponsor me. Uh, right. This is, and I wasn't looking for a sponsorship. Right. Um, this was something that I was doing for myself. So even there, I had to be very careful. For a year, I didn't buy anything. Right. Uh, like. No, no luxury items, no new clothes. I was just wearing the same stuff. Um, and what? But I did buy stuff. But all every purchase of mine was dedicated towards the Himalayan thing. Uh, if it wasn't going towards the Himalayan fund um, or in buying gear, it was into my savings so that I had the money for me to go to the Himalayas and do it. Okay. Uh, so for a year, that's that's the Himalayas were the only thing that I was thinking about. Nothing else. Mm-hmm. Everything was secondary in my life. Right. Um, so luckily by then, I had I'd worked for around six years in my at my work. So I didn't really have to spend a lot of energy there. Things were running by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was a little difficult saying no to friends in the beginning, uh, but I think after that they got busy with their own lives. Right. And I think I think my parents were also convinced because they they saw that I was staying with my parents, so they saw that okay, this guy is getting up at four every morning. He's yeah. going and cycling so much, yeah. uh, and they could see that change. They could see that I was. Uh, they could see that energy and feel that intensity of of of, of having that um, of wanting to go out and do this really yeah. bad. So, yeah. So, which parent would uh, be not happy when uh, you know their kids are doing something productive, right? Like uh, go- going out, waking up at four, going out and uh, exercising for a couple of hours, and uh, uh, taking care of their health and being very disciplined. Obviously, parents would be uh, super proud of uh, <laughs> such a kid. Um, now. So the, all that preparation uh, in terms of um, uh, physical preparation, mental preparation, and then uh, economic preparation, you uh, you were getting prepared. Now, uh, what uh, you know, what kind of timelines did you put yourself? Uh, Going to Himalayas means that you have to uh, move away from the work that you are doing, right? So, what were you? Uh, so, what were the timelines there? Yeah. So I was I was looking at. Uh, I knew that I if I wanted to go cycle the Himalayas, I wanted to, I gave myself the target of cycling from Srinagar to Bhutan. Okay. And I knew that I couldn't do it. The whole that's that's a I have like a window in a year that I can actually go out and do it right. uh, before winter sets in and uh, just before just after the monsoon. So right. I had I knew that if I wanted to go out and do it, I had to do it from July onwards, mm-hmm. and I had probably time till December to do it. Okay. Um, so 
I, I immediately knew that it is not possible for me to uh, get that kind of leave from work. So mm-hmm. I knew that I had to put in my papers. So that was something that I was already ready for. I told myself that this is something that I would have to do. Um, and this felt much bigger than the job that I had. Um, okay. And and I, I and it's not that I hated my job or anything. Please mm-hmm. don't misunderstand. I really liked the job that I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, I really liked it. Um, and in fact, I think it's one of the things that I learned during my time in a startup was project management. I was managing projects. And it was one of the most important things that helped me execute something on this scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, because like I was talking, there were so many logistical issues, training and uh, you know, financial matters. So things have to be taken care of. And I was, I was just one person. There was nobody helping me, trying, telling me, okay, you need to do this, you need to do that. I had to, I had to work on the whole thing myself. Right. Um, so there was also time management that went into it. And I think working in a startup gave me that skill set to be able to go out and execute a project of this level. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to do something more. One of the things that I kept thinking was my life is just going by. It's just slipping through my fingers. All I've been doing for the last six or seven years is just sit in front of a computer in a cubicle and just working. Um, and it's, 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 it didn't feel exciting enough. I, I knew there was so much more to life than just this, and I wanted to go out and experience that. Uh, and because I think I, I don't know. It just I wasn't happy in my life. Okay. I mean, it felt like what? What is this? You know, is this the life that I dreamed about for myself? And the answer was no. Mm. Uh, and I realized if I keep uh, and what again, this is one of the things that I learned during my time in the startup was that. If you ignore a problem, it's going to come back and haunt you, and okay. it's going to be so much more bigger down the time, you know. Right. Uh, and I sh- I'm sure you you understand that as well. Uh, uh, you know, you have like a bug at the beginning, and you you ignore it. That bug is going to be like a big ass monster right. uh, later on. And, and I understood that this this was what was happening. There was a glitch in my system, something that made me realize my life is like it's it's you know there's so much more. And I realized that if I kept ignoring it and brushing it under the under the carpet, this was going to come back to haunt me. And I had to do something now. Uh, and it was crazy. It was like a very organic thing. You should understand that when I quit smoking uh, and got on a bike, I never wanted to go and cycle the Himalayas. Uh, right. it, was, it, it was something that, that snowballed into it. And I just flew with it. And I'm so happy that I went out and did it. Right. Um, not a day goes by that I regret my decision. Yeah, so th- that that is that thing that I want that I uh, am uh, trying to understand, right? It you you mentioned that it is very organic, and um, I want to kind of understand wh- what is it that you know what is that tipping point where it the you said agumbe happened quite early in the uh, cycling once you got the surly. Uh, but then uh, how what uh, what made the uh, himalayas come into the mind uh, is it did you do any uh, sh- shorter tours before uh, oh, you mentioned yeah. western guards did uh, so is that something that uh, that you did prior to it that kind of drew that drew you there yeah yeah so after yeah, so I, I did Agumbe and stuff like that, and I kept exploring. I went towards Kollur, and 
towards Kudremo. Kudremo was fantastic. I, I really loved the experience that I had there. Uh, I remember this one evening, I was just riding around Kudremo and I met this old man and he said, uh, well, you should go up. There's a there's a village. You can go and stay there. And I went. It was such a such an amazing experience. Uh, it felt very adventurous in the sense that the road up was completely covered in mud, and I was cycling. And then I showed up at this village, and then they they they're like, who's this guy? Who's who's <laughs> this guy who's come from nowhere on a bicycle? Yeah. Uh, you know and. And it, they just took me in, and it felt so nice, you know. I had and that night I camped out. I had my tent, and I put it up, and then the whole sky was lit with stars. It felt, my God, I was like, oh man, you know. Uh, and these were the kind of experiences that I that I had. And I think also at this time I was also reading a lot online about other bicycle tourists. Um, and there was this one particular story um, that I read about this 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 female teacher. Uh, who was who was in riding in Mongolia, and this, she got caught uh, because the winter set in, but she had to get out, um, and she didn't know what to do, and she had a map, uh, and she saw that the river which she was riding next to had frozen up, but it was leading her right back out, and she just got on the river and just she cycled back. Wow! Uh, and I was like, wow, man. yeah, I was like, wow, man, you know. Uh, that was a fantastic story, but what I took away from it was she was just like a teacher. She was like an ordinary person, yeah. uh, and just getting on a bicycle and going somewhere, she became like an extraordinary person, you know. Yeah. And I thought if if someone like that, who's like a regular teacher, can become like so extraordinary, oh, why not me, you know? Right. Uh, it's not that I wanted to be extraordinary. It's the experience. It's the life that I wanted to have. I wanted to be able to do. At least something that that stood out and something for me to look back and think about, uh, and this is what I, what inspired me to go and reach out and try to have something like that in my own life because, uh, yeah, this, yeah. This, this life is like an open slate, right? You can go and do things like this. There's nothing saying that you have to lead a life like this, yeah. uh, like. Um, at, at 25, you have to buy a car. At 30, you have to have a flat, get married. At 32, you have to have a couple of kids. At <laughs> uh, 50, you retire. Yeah. I, I think that's 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 just. Yeah, now I, I think now it makes sense to me because you know, along with the existential questions as to is it is it all there is to life as to spend uh, you know nine to five or nine to nine. Um, uh, in front of the computer, uh, I, along with the these experiences of uh, you know sleeping under the sky, looking at the stars uh, in Kudremukh and stuff like that, and reading those stories, it all kind of comes together and becomes very organic in the sense that you are naturally drawn to the biggest mountains there are in the region. Yes. Now it kind yeah. of makes sense uh, for me and you you um, took the preparation uh, like a typical uh, project manager and uh, got everything in place uh, and that is when part of that preparation was uh, you ending up at crankmeister uh, interning as a mechanic right yes 
I, I, I knew that I could fix a, a, a Hercules, but I was now on a Surly, so I had to upgrade my training and I knew to Crankmaster with the guys. Right. Uh, and I've always had a very nice relationship with Crankmaster, with Pavan, with Mikhail, with Ajay, uh, Riaz was there. And now uh, you have some, you have the new guys, Vimal and Baba Crankmeister. Yeah. Uh, and they're all very nice guys. I, I really have a nice time with them whenever I go. They're very helpful. Yeah. Um, yes. And it is good interning with them as well. I still have the photograph of all of us. We look so young. <laughs> uh, this is in 2014. I'll share it with you and then probably send yeah, it across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and uh, how long did you uh, yeah, intern there, spend there uh, learning, uh, fixing the bikes and stuff? So I think I spent uh, 10 days. Okay. This was just before I flew out. Right. I think this was, this was like, the I was going to fly out of Bangalore at the end of my internship, I was yeah. going to fly out to Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. So that was just 10 days that I was there. Awesome. And how long did you spend uh, in the Himalayas? Nearly four months? I, uh, yes. So I started in August and I didn't reach Bhutan. I reached, um, I reached Kathmandu in Nepal mm-hmm. um, and I, I decided to turn back and I cycled back all the way to Manipal in South India. So I, I cycled through uh, through the Gangetic Plains and then reached the Konkan coast. And so, yeah, I spent a total of I think eight months cycling around India. Yeah. Wow! Wow! So you uh, flew to Delhi and uh, from where did you start yes. riding? So I started cycling in Srinagar. So I flew okay. Delhi, Delhi, Srinagar, and I started in Srinagar. Okay. Yeah. It's so funny, yeah. I showed up in Srinagar and uh, at the airport and there were like the, this, this, this family uh, and they were all, all women. Uh-huh. Uh, and this woman comes up and says, TVA here. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, TVA. It's actually my bike box. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, because I, I, was, I was so careful with it. And then that's that's one thing that works as well if you tell like i i travel quite often with my bike when i get come to i never tell people that it's a bicycle i tell people it's a tv and it's a tv people will really take care of <laughs> yeah. okay uh, whereas if you tell it's like a bicycle they don't care right yeah so you started riding from srinagar uh, and spent about uh, four months or so in the Himalayas before starting back to, um, you know, riding back to Manipal. What are the, some of the um, experiences that you fondly look back from your time touring there in the Himalayas? Oh, the Himalayas was fantastic. It blew, it, it blew my mind completely. I think uh, one of the first experiences that I, that I cherish a lot was climbing through Zochila. It was one of the most toughest passes. Uh, but back then, they say ignorance is bliss. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, I didn't really think much about it. And I went out and did it. But in hindsight, it was one of the toughest passes that I've done. Because I think that day particularly was very, very... Uh, it was very dicey because there were a lot of landslides. And I, I like a fool, uh, walked across one with my bike on my shoulder. And that was, that was like the riskiest thing that I did. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, it, was, it, was, it was pretty dicey that day. 
Uh, but I had no options in the sense that I had to get across the pass. And uh, you don't know when the road's going to open. Right. And I've been waiting around and I was just, get, I was just getting cold. And I decided that, man, this time is just going. And, this, and these guys went on for a lunch break. And I decided, okay, cool. If I had to make a break for it right now is the time. Otherwise, I, I all knows they'll probably send me back. And I climbed so high already. And I... And, um, I mean, Zojima is like one big mud road with landslides happening and it's so exposed. Uh, so I just decided to make a run for it. But those 50 meters were like one of the toughest 50 meters because I basically, um, I initially started with the bike on my shoulder, but I realized I was too risky because if I slipped, we were gone. So yeah. I decided to just walk my bicycle across. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and I came on the other side, and again, people are like, where did this guy come from? <laughs> <laughs> because there were a lot of people who were on the other side who were waiting. Yeah. Uh, and I came, and then they were taking photos of me and stuff like that. <laughs> it, was, it was like, okay. And they were like, so is the road open? And I'm like, no, no. Because they were, it was still barricaded on both sides. Mm-hmm. The only reason I could get across the barricades was because I had my bicycle. I right. could maneuver through it. Uh, yeah. So the barricades were basically big, uh, like... JCBs, which are just uh, across the road, so you couldn't get across. So on the other side, there was traffic waiting, there were cars and uh, motorcyclists and stuff like that. And they're like, "Uh, is the road open? Is the road open? Can you go? I'm like, no, you can't go. Don't go. Not unless uh, if you are on a bike. Yeah, yeah, maybe then. Yeah, so I got across and then... um, yeah, and then just I went to Dras and I read about Dras and uh, in, because the Kargil was was Kargil was, was still fresh in my memory and I saw Tiger Hill and all that. It was it was it, was, it felt like I was going through a very familiar landscape. Things that I'd read about and suddenly I'm seeing it. It felt really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I took I went up into the Aryan Valley. I think the Aryan Valley is a little less explored. I left the Manali high, uh, the Srinagar Leh Highway. I went into the Aryan Valley. I, I, I stayed in a village, um, and I had such an amazing time. It uh, it felt like there were no tourists there. It was just me staying with the locals. I ended up staying there for a couple of days, and yeah. that was also a very nice experience. Yeah. Um, so I had a lot of these experiences because I think there were not many tourists back then as well. Right. Very few tourists, but I think now it's 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 a lot more commercial. It's a mm-hmm. lot more traffic that goes there. Yeah. Uh, so it felt very nice. I really liked it. Uh, and I think one of the biggest experiences that I've had was when I met this person. Uh, his name is Son Singh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, it just it's it's so funny because. Uh, I just ran into him in at a at a chai shop, and at the chai shop, it was it was in a, in in like a in the, in this tiny town, uh, a tiny village. It just has like a row of shops, and the only reason for me to stop was there because there's a phone there, and I was on the Manali Lay Highway, I was kind of cycling towards Manali, um, and. I was just going to go and do this big pass called Paglang Lam and I was sitting and I thought I'd call my parents up because I told, probably I wouldn't get a phone line for the next 10 days. I was just going to talk to my parents and tell them that, uh, you know, uh, I'm at here, I'm going to do the pass and I'm probably not going to be able to talk to you for another 10 days until I reach Manali. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Son Singh was there and Son Singh was there to tell his wife the same, I think, saying that, okay, cool, I'm coming. But he was on his horses and he was going down to Manali. 
uh, and we got talking. He saw my bicycle, and he happened to be like very entrepreneurial. Uh-huh. And he he was like, "Why don't you come with me? You know, uh, and and I'll take you. We'll go inside. You know, I'm like, where inside? He's like, we'll take the inside road. You're here for an adventure. You know, what what is there on the Manali Le Highway? Everyone goes on the Manali Le Highway. Uh-huh. Um, I'll take you inside. And he had me sold within like two minutes. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I called back my parents and I'm like, hey, listen, you know, I don't think I'm doing the Manali Le Highway. I just <laughs> met this person, and we're going to go into the desert." Uh-huh. uh i don't know what my parents were thinking sitting <laughs> down here uh, and i'm like okay mom. and i went off with this guy into 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 the zoo it is it is phenomenal that mm. was and that was again it was not planned right yeah. you never sit in manipur and think about oh i'm going to meet this person yeah um, and you're going to go off on this mad trip right yeah. but i think that was that was my reward i think that was the universe rewarding me for all the hard work that i Right. Quitting smoking, coming overcoming so many challenges, and mm-hmm. the universe just gave me days, ten, twelve yeah. days, mad, twelve days, just, just, just. But when I think about it, it's, it's like if I probably shown up like five minutes late, or if Son Singh came five minutes late, or passed, I've never crossed, and this grand adventure would have never happened because that trip was, uh, oh my God, it was yeah. like. It was super tough. It was super tough because every day you have to push your bike up a pass. Uh-huh. There's no roads, so you can't cycle up. You have to basically push your bike up. And uh, oh my god, it is it is it is harrowing at times because you slip and you fall, you're dead. Uh-huh. Uh, and so so thing would just take off because he's on foot. He's he has got no bike to push up, and he's on his his horses are there. His horses are running. He's he's also just going. And uh, I'm, I'm in the back, just pushing, struggling with my bike, and oh my god, <laughs> it was so beautiful, so beautiful. Because I had, I didn't see another person for so long. Mm. Um, uh, I had some crazy experiences. We got chased by butia dogs, which were when we came upon this herders camp, uh, and we had to push the bikes up all these passes. I saw a snow leopard, uh, which was this was again a fantastic experience. Uh, yeah. Uh, Well, it is. It felt so magical, so magical. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, reading about uh, uh, these experiences. Uh, uh, the dogs chasing and uh, you try, trying to uh, you lost track of uh, Sonsing and uh, you felt like you were you were in the lost in the middle of nowhere, uh, no one to guide you and. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah yeah it was amazing to uh, read those experiences and it was like uh, being there with you i i would encourage um, you know all the listeners to uh, check out the book it's really worth uh, uh, worth the reading yeah that particular chapter in fact my my time with son singh is like five chapters in the book because so much happened you know there's this <laughs> it gets just like a book by itself uh, you know but yeah that was a really good experiences and himalayas even even the back roads of uttarakhand once i came out of the mountains i came into the foothills mm-hmm. uh, that was also a very good experience absolutely no one uh, very challenging in the sense that you had 30 km to ascend every day but it's through pine forests and stuff very picturesque very beautiful uh, mm-hmm. and the descents and then you climb up and you down and every day is like um by the time I was very well acclimatized i just come back from high altitude so my body was feeling very good and 30 kilometers didn't feel like a lot 
I think I spent 10 days in the foothills cycling uh, the back roads of Uttarakhand. Wow. Mm. Uh, that was also very beautiful. I think I, I would definitely recommend people who are thinking of bike touring to go into Uttarakhand and do these bike path roads, uh, starting in, in the west and all the way up to the east. Uh, beautiful roads. Um, very unspoiled, very nice people. I don't know how it is now, but back then in 2014, um, yeah, every night I would spend in a villager's house. It, mm. it was such a nice experience. It was such a nice experience. Um, also, Annapurna is in Nepal, where I went and cycled in November. That yeah. was super beautiful. I took a I took a bus for like one week. I ended up spending I think close to two and a half weeks in there. Okay. Uh, I just didn't want to leave because it was such a nice experience again. And and back then it was very raw. I think it, in 2014 it was still raw. From what I hear now, they've made a road up, and I think the minute you build a road, you will spoil it. Okay. Um, yeah. Back then it was still like a trail and. Uh, it was still very unexplored, and uh, yeah, I, I met some really nice people there as well. Uh, and yeah, I, these are all uh, amazing experiences. Uh, you know, experiences uh, that you would uh, remember t- uh, and probably tell your grandkids as well, right? So if I, if I have grandkids, <laughs> <laughs> if not. If not mine, then someone else's grandkids. Yes, yes. As long as they're grandkids. Yeah, as long as they're grandkids. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I can give the book to my grandkids and uh, make them read. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So how was the uh, experience um, uh, down, you know, getting out of uh, Uttarakhand and then uh, riding towards Manipa? Uh, so I was is actually getting out of Nepal and then riding towards Manipal because oh, Uttarakhand okay. I was still cycling into Nepal and then I did oh, and, okay. uh, I did a circuit there and there. Oh okay. So uh, it's so funny because I was sitting in Kathmandu and I was I met I you know Kathmandu is like a pretty lot of backpackers. I was in Tamil, that's like the backpacker district where you have a lot of these travelers and stuff like that. And I was being around and I met a lot of interesting people at the top. And they're like, Hey, where are you going? you know? Uh, because these guys were talking about going to the Everest base camp and some people were going to Machu Picchu and people were going back into the Annapurnas and I told them, oh, I'm going to Bihar. And they're like, they're like what the fuck? <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, you know, what are you doing? And, you know, um, they, a lot of people told me that, especially the locals, who don't go to Bihar. But I had no option. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... I didn't want to go cycle back into Uttarakhand after having come there. And I decided, how bad is it going to be? Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be that bad. Um, And it wasn't. I think one of the biggest things that I did was, when I before I set out, I charted out my route. And I decided to stay away from all the big towns and the big big cities. And I decided that the best thing to do is to stick to the villages. Because I realized that during my travels, one of the things I've realized is, if you stick to the villages, the people are always going to be good because people are more accountable in the villages. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, because if the minute you uh, do some, uh, you create trouble, you're going to be marked. People will know who did it. Yeah. So people are more accountable, more, people are more responsible um, with their actions and their things. So I just took to the backwards and, and it paid off. I had a phenomenal time in the yard. I never got knifed, I never got robbed. Uh, people were super nice to me. Um, 
I keep telling this uh, when I would I would go I would stop people would stop me you know because uh, this who is this weirdo who is cycling through the village you know they would stop me and they would they would start talking to me and stuff like that uh, and they would come they'll be like come have chai you know uh, I'd sit have chai have chai then they're like let's let's go I'll show you my field we go to the field uh, and on the way back we'd stop at the school and talk to the kids and. Uh, they'll say it's it's lunch time. We should have lunch, and then I would have lunch, and then by the time it's on, it's on the chart point. Oh, you fall asleep, you know. Oh, wow. uh, by the yeah, you wake up in the evening, and they're like, just stay, just stay, and then yeah. So again, my my trip got, and the the beauty of this trip is it was it was so open ended. I had no fixed plans. There was no nothing waiting for me to get back. So I was able to. Take my own sweet time and do what I wanted to do, and so I, I managed to uh, really have a very good time in in Uttarakhand uh, in Bihar. Uh, but it was still very. Um, it was when you compare it to South India, I think they're lacking in so many aspects. I think uh, in South India they're so well off. It was quite a culture shock. Being there. People are very poor. Uh, that doesn't mean that they're very rich with their hearts. They give very openly. Uh, yeah. But economically, in terms of infrastructure, uh, they are very backward. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that opened my eyes uh, to to the fact that I think we we here are so are so lucky to have so many things so easy, easily accessible: primary healthcare, education, mm-hmm. um, just just good infrastructure, power, um, and. And I think at some level we take it for granted. Whereas if if we probably travel through that area, you know how lucky we are with what we have. Right. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So out of Haryana, how long did it take to get to Manipal? So uh, not Haryana, it's in Bihar. So. Yeah. I, I came. I am so sorry. <laughs> I, I'm really so. You know, completely opposite to you, and so bad with names and geography. <laughs> so yeah, so one of the things yeah. that I learned out of my trip was geography. I'm now oh, yeah. able to place states in my in my country. I'm like, okay, this is where it is. this is where Tanzania is. This is where Bihar is. Yeah. So it's so funny because I think cycling does that to you. It just gives you this uh, understanding of the area and your and your and the landscape that you are in because mm-hmm. uh, I think. A large part of our life, especially, I think, uh, it just goes like that. You know, it's like being in a car. You don't take in the size. But I think when you're on a bicycle, things slow down. Time slows down. You're able to feel things. You're able to talk to people. Um, and and your life uh, inadvertently becomes so much more richer. Um, mm. So I think it's it's one of the things that I've learned from bicycle touring is to take it slow. Just mm. just just chill. You know, to take it easy because I think when you take it like that, you see so much more of life, and it becomes so much more richer. You enjoy the little details. Um, yeah. So anyway, sorry, I, I just went off on a tangent. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. So, so when I was cycling, so I went through Bihar, and then I came to uh, Uttar Pradesh. Uttar Pradesh was also really good. I really loved Madhya Pradesh when I met when I came next. Uh, and then I came into Maharashtra, then Goa, and then eventually. So it took me like around two, two and a half months. Okay. okay. I had a lot of pit stops along the way. Like mm-hmm. I spent, I spent, um, I think around a week in this place called Mandu in in Madhya Pradesh. Mm-hmm. Wow, it was such a nice place. It was, uh, I, I can't. It was such a, 
I, I don't even have words for this because you have all these old ruins uh, and they were not barricaded. There were absolutely no one around and you could do whatever you wanted. Uh, and the food was so good. The people were so nice. And you know, I, I would just cycle from one ruin to another, just walk around. And um, it was perched on top of a hill and there were rare wines. And it was so beautiful. I can't express in words how beautiful it was. I decided to stay there for one day. Um, I ended up staying there for close to eight to ten days. I don't remember right now. Okay. Um, and it was so funny because I reached there late in the evening. I didn't know where to go. I met this guy and he said, you come with me. I'll show you a nice place. He took me and this guy was some chalky bar and he took me to, to this government rest house. And this government rest house was on top of a... Uh, perched on top of a hill, on the hill, and it was overlooking a river, and it was so beautiful. My wow. God! <laughs> uh, yeah, it was just, uh, and I, I just—I was so lucky to get that place, and I didn't want to leave. Um, yeah. And it reminded me a lot about Manipal. Mm -hmm. It reminded me a lot of Manipal because Manipal has a similar, uh, similar landscape, mm -hmm. and Manipal has developed really rapidly over the over the last year. So much of um, so many, so much of our forests have been gone. So many of, so much of this laterite landscape, which, which, which is there, has just been destroyed. Mm. Uh, but in Mandu, I think I was able to recapture that, along with the fact that there was so much, so many of these Mughal architecture, which was just lying around. Right. Uh, nobody. There was absolutely no tourists. Yeah. Of course, there were a couple of some French guys uh, who were just as crazy as me and who were jumping off the cliff. They were paragliders. Wow. Uh, I had, a, yeah, I had a lot of fun with those guys as well. So it was very nice. I met some nice people in Mandu as well. Mm -hmm. Great, great. So you uh, you came back to Manipal after what eight months, and then uh, now what? Uh, so this was in 2015. Yeah. So uh, so in 2015, once I came back, uh, I worked as a boatman for some time. Uh, I think not many people know this, but I worked as a boatman for like two months because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I wanted to be out in nature again because you can imagine I've just spent eight months on the road uh, yeah. and you come back and suddenly being trying to get back into society is not possible. It's right. just, you lose your yeah. mind. You know? yeah. uh, so I decided that I wanted to probably just decompress a little bit mm -hmm. uh, and figure out what I wanted to do next. And I got the opportunity to be uh, to go and work as a as a farmhand in in, in Sharavati Valley. And as mm -hmm. a part of my job, I had to do some boating. I had to take people out on a coracle uh, in the river. Uh, mm -hmm. And I did that for a couple of months. It was it was amazing again. It was because it was I was in in the Western Ghats, in the heart of it. A lot of wildlife around. A lot of bird life as well. I was very secluded, so it gave me a lot of time to reflect on what I wanted to do. Um, but I hadn't figured out anything until the very end. And then uh, I got the opportunity to work with a few boys. Uh, so these boys came from a team um, there. And I, I, I was able to facilitate an outdoor experience for them. Okay. Uh, so take them camping and teach them rowing and cooking. And then um, identifying birds and catching snakes. And, and, and it felt like, uh, you know, I was I was giving back some of the things that I had learned, and it felt very fulfilling. It felt very nice. Uh, again, it turned out to be a very organic thing because at that point I came, I left that place because it got really tough there. Mm -hmm. It started raining, and we were completely cut off. And um, it's, it's, it's 
another adventure for another time. I think we can talk about it. But okay. anyway, I came back to Manipal because it became it became a little challenging staying there. Mm-hmm. And when I came back to Manipal, I I found that there was a place in MIT for me. Okay. Uh, not for me, but there was there was an opening, and then I filled it up. Okay. Uh, and and since then, I've been trying. I've been facilitating outdoor experiences for students here. Um, it's not my. It's not in my job description. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's been one of the most fulfilling things in my life was to was to uh, start an outdoor program uh, for students here. Um, it's it's been amazing. I've been very lucky because uh, I've got a lot of support. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only from my from from my administrators, from students, they've lapped it up. They've really liked what I've done. Mm-hmm. Um, they've helped me make it so much more bigger. Um, most of my friends have contributed to its uh, to its growth. Um, so yeah, so it's it's been it's been amazing. Yeah. So let's talk a little. Yeah. Yeah. So let's it's talk. It's not just me. I would. I wouldn't say that it's it's just me that's mm. done it. It's 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 been again. It's it's probably a lot of people that have come together and made it possible. I'm very okay. I'm feeling very lucky that 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 this I've got this opportunity to make this happen. Okay, so what sort of um, uh, activities, uh, uh, outdoor activities and stuff, do they do? So. Uh, it's it's like I trained for the Himalayas. I realized that if I could just do that, the students, uh, you can, any person will learn so much more. Uh, apart from skills, they learn so much more about themselves, about right. what are some of the things, what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses. It gives you an opportunity to work on them. Mm-hmm. So I call it the adventurer, uh, and it's based around bicycle touring. So we do like six weeks, um, and... Uh, most of the students who come and work with us at the beginning are cycling like five kilometers, ten kilometers around Manipal. Most of them are just commuting, and then, uh, but we set a big goal uh, at the end. We do like a two fifty kilometer ride over three or four days, uh, which includes a trek and um, things like that. And then we keep that in mind and we start training. And along the way, they learn a number of skills like uh, first aid. Uh, they learn bicycle repair and maintenance. Uh, they learn stretching, uh, you know, active stretching and cool down and injury prevention. Uh, so there are a host of skills. They also do leadership modules. They mm-hmm. learn outdoor leadership, risk risk management, time management. Uh, so so uh, one of the experiences that I've got was. Uh, I went and did an outdoor program in Alaska in 2017 uh, okay. at, uh, at uh, National, National Outdoor Leadership School. Mm-hmm. Um, and I learned a lot of things from that. And that helped me uh, fine-tune the program that I was doing. And I picked up a lot of things from there on how to facilitate these outdoor experiences. Um, so um, it, it's, been, it's been amazing. Uh, doing this, and I'm thinking of making it bigger because right now we are we are going to offer it as an out and has an official certificate program from the university. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so it is growing, and I'm seeing how we can make it bigger. Um, my at least uh, at least my long term goal is to try and establish an outdoor school here in Manipal for students because I think I think as as teachers our our 
our role should be much more than just giving them knowledge we should be able to inspire and we should be able to facilitate transformative experiences right um, otherwise 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 students are smart they don't need lectures anymore they can just go on youtube and figure things out right uh, you know they don't need you there so how do you how do you make yourself relevant is is one of the questions that i've been asking myself youtube cannot facilitate an outdoor experience for you yeah. you need a person there and and i've been and i've been lucky enough that i've been able to fill that space and been able to uh make this experience possible for people uh, and my students have really liked it they've told me that uh, most of them come and they have a very different concept of themselves after the program mm-hmm. suddenly the world is a whole new place for them uh, and uh, it's amazing it's amazing because yeah. so, so who are um, eligible to be part of that program anybody uh, if you're a student of manipal at mahe um, you have a bicycle um, and provided that you are you're decently motivated enough uh, in the very beginning i reading these I, i i was the only person running it mm-hmm. the first time yeah actually the first two times and i had to call people and say hey do you want to join the program <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but now we get we get like a we get like a lot of lot of uh, a lot more uh, entries i think the last time we had 65 people and we we can't facilitate this for a lot we can't do 65 people right. we can do 10 people yeah uh, so we we have to pick people up and we have to decide on who gets the chance i wish i could say yes to all of them but it's just it's not possible to yeah. make that happen okay um, so how many uh, how long are these uh, programs the and so it's 6 weeks and i do it once twice a year so once two semesters uh we have two semesters in a year so once each semester as well okay okay excellent they you know i think it's a, a great uh, chance that the students of mit are getting uh thanks to you and the other guys who are uh, running it um so you mentioned uh, doing an outdoor uh, uh, leadership program in alaska talk a little bit about that yeah so i i realized that i was i was still taking my students out mm-hmm. uh before that in 2015 2016 and i saw this program i wanted to learn to see kayak uh, so that was one of the reasons that i wanted to go and do this program mm-hmm. uh, it was not that i would learn how to do uh, run a better program so that was not the intention at all that was okay. something that happened because i went there and i realized that hey man you know i can probably do a program like this as well mm-hmm. um, so i actually went to alaska to learn sea kayaking okay uh, and i applied and i got a scholarship to go and attend that i told them okay this is what i do with my students and this is what i previously done and um and i was i got a scholarship for it i also got recommendations for it because i met a few outdoor educators in 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 the himalayas so they were kind enough to write a recommendation for me Wow. Uh, and based on that i got a scholarship and i went i spent a month in um, in i spent a month in alaska mm-hmm. uh, doing this outdoor leadership program um i didn't learn i i didn't i i see cat but it was uh, it was mostly in in protected waters mm-hmm. so it wasn't really very technical uh, uh, but what i did learn was the soft skill side of it 
on, on leadership. Okay. On facilitating outdoor experiences for other people because it was an outdoor educator course. Right. So um, those were the things that I took away from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I came back in 2018, I started running a program similar to the Lions. It's not something that, that is so extensive as the Alaska program because we that's all we did for one month. For one yeah. month, I spent time in the wilderness. Um, and it's not possible for do for us not not possible for us at least at this point in time for us to do something like that. Right. So it started in a very small way. Mm-hmm. I decided we meet four times a week with these students. Uh, we do like two or three workshops. At the end of it, we go cycle to Abu Ghraib. It's just one day ride that we go. We do like hundred kilometers and we come back. Most mm-hmm. of these students would have cycled ten kilometers. So in a month, we take them from riding ten to a hundred. Right. Uh, and that itself is very empowering. Like, it is. Wow, we went and cycled to Agumbe. Yeah. Because most people know where Agumbe is in yeah. Manipal. They know because they can see it. It's right at the back. On a yeah. clear day, you can see Agumbe. It's really big. The mountains at the back. You can see yeah. it. Um, you know, mountains are hills, but mm. uh, yeah. But they're big. Yeah. Uh, and to go and cycle and come back, it's, it's fantastic. And it's also a very good uh, visual reminder because Every time you walk into college, you can see it and you can tell yourself that, hey, I cycle there. You know? yeah. uh, and so I can take on whatever comes my way today. Uh, right. So I wanted my students to have that experience. Excellent. Um, what are the couple of things that you learned uh, in that program that uh, you found useful um, here with the, with the program that you are implementing in the college? Oh, it gave me a very good structure. Okay. Uh, it gave me a very good structure on how to structure the whole program. What are some of the things that you need to cover? Like risk management was one of the biggest things that I learned from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how to assess risk and, uh, and uh, also planning a trip and planning your day out is also another thing that I learned. Um, and of course, leadership. Uh, I think that's very important. And mm-hmm. Dealing with people and uh, understanding your priorities when you're out in, in, in the wilderness or when you're outdoors uh, and how to basically take care of yourself. So many things that you learn and, right. and uh, you don't need to, you don't need to move mountains. You know? When you start, you can start very small. Like when I started, I just did it very small, but these small things add up and they become very big. Yeah. So all these small steps become compound over a period of time and become uh, huge. Like uh, you, yes. like you started uh, by huffing and puffing uh, to cycle from one street to the other, and you ended up uh, riding yeah. uh, in the Himalayas for you know over a period of eight months. Yeah. See, very yes, all the yes. amazing experiences you got, right? So you are through this yes. program, yes. you are uh, laying those foundation stones for. A uh, lot of these uh, uh, students, uh, and uh, yes, yes. Uh, w- what what do we know? You know where uh, they will end up, right? Uh, yes, yes, for sure. Uh, that is something that I'm 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 so I I'm so uh, very keen to see where these students land up yeah. uh, in a few years. Uh, most of them are doing really well. Uh, are are in very good uh, very good jobs have. Uh, have gone to universities abroad or doing really well in whatever they've chosen. Uh, and I like to think that I've contributed a little to their, uh, to their success. Definitely. Uh, definitely. And, and 
And apart from that, I think these guys keep me on my toes as well uh, because I need to train 10 times harder than these guys. They're half my age. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I need to be so much more. Uh, I have to be careful about what I eat, how much I'm sleeping. So I need to train like, uh, yeah, I need to be like really strong to keep up with these guys. I need to be really fit. Uh, and these guys will show up. Uh, wouldn't have slept half the night and they're so much more faster than me up the hill and they eat eat all kinds of junk and here I'm still disciplined and I'm still struggling, you know. Uh, but I like it. I like it that these guys keep me on my toes and I keep mm. me disciplined. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So, <clears throat> did you do uh, after uh, the Himalayas, did you do any other uh, tours? Uh, I remember. Yeah, so I did. Uh, yeah, please go ahead. So in 2016, in 2016, I went back and I cycled the Himalayas. I hadn't, hadn't done Manali Leh Highway because I met Stone Singh. So yeah. I missed the Manali Leh Highway. Yeah. And I, and because of bad weather, I had to cancel out uh, Spiti Valley as well. Yeah. Once the, the first time I was out in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went back in 2016 and I did Spiti Valley, I did Manali Leh Highway and, uh, and I cycled back to uh, Srinagar, but I did it on the opposite way. The first okay. time I'd done it from Srinagar to Leh, this time I did from Leh to Srinagar. Okay. Um, and that was in 2016 that I did. In 2017, uh, I cycled around Iceland with my friend Joe, who I met, uh, met in the Himalayas in 2016. He invited me to uh, Switzerland, so I spent time with him in Switzerland. And then we flew to Iceland and we cycled around Iceland in 2017. Um, also in 2017, I went to Alaska. So I spent, I think, three months in the outdoors. Actually, two months in the, two and a half months in the outdoors. It was, it was awesome. So it was, it was in the subarctic because Iceland is in subarctic, and then you have Alaska in the subarctic. It was, uh, it was, it was awesome. I had such a nice time, and I did, I did three different activities. I did cycling, I did kayaking, and then I did uh, backpacking. So it was, it was awesome. Oh, nice. So let's talk a little bit about the um, Iceland trip. How how uh, how did that go? Was it uh, in the same time as the uh, Alaskan leadership program just before or how was that? Yeah, just just before. It was okay. just before that. So I spent, I think I spent six weeks in, uh, I spent a yeah, around six weeks. I think I spent like a week, a week and a half in, in Switzerland with Joe because uh, that's where Joe is in Lausanne. And then I spent uh, cycling around around Switzerland with Joe and just chilling, taking it, taking it easy. Uh, and after that, we flew to Iceland. And then in Iceland, Iceland was phenomenal. I mean, wow. Uh, yeah, it was, it was incredible, but it was also super tough. Uh, I was in really bad shape. I think I didn't take care of myself in 2007. I was in really bad shape, and and Joe and Yannick, the two guys that I'd gone with, uh, they've been like tanks. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I was I was struggling for that tour. I remember, uh, and I definitely want to go back to Iceland and make like a big tour there. Um, I'm thinking 2024 in four years okay. is is when I'm thinking uh, because I have other things that I want to do before that. So 2024, I was thinking. I did, I did north to south through the highlands, but mm-hmm. this time I want to do east to west through the highlands. Um, I think it will be so much more tougher, but I think I'll be, I'll be in good shape. Okay. So what you mentioned, uh, you want to do 
some other things uh, before 2024 what are the things that have you have in mind oh you, you know those are things that you don't want to discuss with ah. other people, not online at least <laughs> okay so I, I i don't i don't like to talk too much about the projects i think that jinx that's fine that's fine that's uh, so fine. i just i just yeah we can we can talk yeah, so. we can come back again on the podcast and talk about it once you have done it right yeah yes that's yes it. that's for another podcast yes. yes let's do that yes definitely <laughs> so i also cycled i also cycled tajikistan in 2018 uh-huh. uh, so i cycled i cycled dushanbe to osh basically i cycled the pamir highway uh, from tajikistan to kyrgyzstan that was in 2018 i spent i spent 5 weeks there I was also amazing. I really had such an awesome time in Tajikistan. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. Was it alone? Yes, I went by myself. Okay. I went by myself. So it was it was a very different experience because I didn't know the language. Mm-hmm. Uh, the culture was very different, and uh, everything was everything was different about that place. I I couldn't read. I couldn't understand what people were saying. Um, it was yeah. It was it was. It was, but the people were fantastic. It was unbelievable. I think, I think when you go and uh, go on these cycle tours, it's just the people. You know, the people make the experience. Right. You have some really good people that you meet. They can, it can, it can just change things for you. I met some really nice, very good people when I was in Tajikistan. Yeah. Okay. I never had a bad experience. Mm-hmm. Okay, probably one. Okay. Yeah. What was that? Oh, it was it was actually something very small. I met, uh, you know, I, it was actually my fault. Uh, the thing is, I I stayed at a homestay and they agreed on a price. Uh, and me, like a fool, the next morning I opened my wallet in front of them, and they were like, "No, no, you have to pay us more." Because they suddenly saw that I have more money in my wallet. <laughs> okay. uh, and yeah, that that was like a very dumb move. I think I should I should I shouldn't have shown all the money that I had. Okay. Yeah. Is It was it was such a nice experience there because I went with like a I went with like a lot of money thinking that it's going to be super expensive and I came back with more than I think around sixty percent of my money back. Okay. I just spent forty percent on my budget. Okay. Uh, because it was so cheap uh, and people were so good. Frankly, you wouldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in the middle of nowhere and this person took me in uh, and he was running. Uh, it's called Choy Khana. Choy Khana means it's like a it's a place where you get Chai and food. Yeah, it's like a rest stop. Right. Um, this guy could have fleeced me, and I wouldn't have known. You know, right. he could have just overcharged me. He yeah. didn't. Yeah. He he gave me he gave me a place to sleep. He gave me like food. He gave me dinner. He gave me breakfast. Uh, and as much tea as I wanted. Uh, and he and he charged me like some hundred fifty rupees. Wow. Um, I, I was compl- I was completely blown away, man. I was like, it was so honest. Uh, Yeah. Nice. So, well, uh, so that was in 2018. Uh, did you do something in 2019 as well? No, I I didn't do anything in 2019. I was just taking it easy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, some some big things are coming. Maybe 21, 22, and stuff. <laughs> Because there is <laughs> there are a couple of years gap. I can see you itching. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 2000, 2020, actually, I was planning something with my students. Uh, we were going to go and cycle the Himalayas. Okay. Uh, but unfortunately, that didn't happen because of, because of Corona. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had everything lined up. We wanted to go cycle, cycle in the Himalayas. Uh, but we planned something in 2021. Nothing as big as that. Uh, something a little more smaller because most of these students are done with college now. They, they're more keen on, on moving on and they don't have so much time to train because they're doing their internships. Some people have graduated. Yeah. Uh, but everybody wants to come back and do a ride. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and the funny thing is I have four students who I'm going with and they happen to be from the four, uh, four versions of the program that I've run. So I've run the adventure of four times. So I have a student from every program who is who's yes, let's do this. And I'm, I'm very keen. That'll be that'd be very nice to do this with my students. So nice. we're planning very something very short, just fifteen days, but I think it'll be very nice to go out and do it. Oh, fifteen days. When when are you uh, planning that? Uh so I think it's gonna be uh, May, June okay. is, is when we're planning to do it. Nice. Yeah. The last one we had planned was for 40 days. Okay. So uh, though, though we've gotten down, I think this is this is something where everyone is comfortable at. Mm-hmm. Given that, even I think I'm, I'm, I'm 40 days would have been a little too much for me as well. I think uh, if I could do it, now that it's now that I think about it, I think 15 days is very ideal. Uh, okay. It's not and too strainful. It's, it's, it's easily manageable. Mm-hmm. And still in the Himalayas? Yeah, it's still in the Himalayas. Yeah, I think I think everybody's kicked about it. I mean, what next? What after the Western Ghats? It's the Himalayas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. So, how do you um, manage to? uh, How how do you time this with your work? The doing uh, the tours uh, that are like uh, weeks long. So I, I'm I'm very lucky again because I've, I've uh, I made the choice of actually I don't think I'm lucky but I made the choice of being in a in a in a uh, at a job which gives me that time off. So I have uh, six weeks off in summer and then I have uh, three weeks off in 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 December. So there is time which is off for me. Basically, I'm on vacation for those six weeks okay. uh, in the summer. So that's that's the time that I use to go out and make these tours happen. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Excellent, excellent. <clears throat> so what are some of the uh, tips to working athletes to manage uh, work and active outdoors uh, lifestyle that you could think of? I think you have to accept the fact that it's going to be challenging, mm-hmm. that it's going to be a struggle, uh, that you have to make tough choices. Uh, it's not easy waking yourself up every morning and making yourself get on a bike and do it. But I think the, that if you can get, get past that five, ten minutes window at the very beginning, uh, then it's, it's, just, it's just that you, you'll never regret going out and doing yeah. do you yeah. Do you agree? Yeah, I think the initial that uh, until that initial couple of minutes where uh, you have to get over that resistance. Once you take that resistance out and uh, you know step out, you you won't yeah. you know. Once you step out and get on the bike, 
that's it it is until you yes. get, get out of the door all that yes, yes yes right? yeah yeah you're like okay i think today i should just take it easy i shouldn't do anything let me just read my book or let me just check my email and i think it's very important one of the things that i do especially is to get ready for the ride next day so i keep my uh, keep my clothes ready uh, i keep my water bottle ready i keep my lights charged uh, and i know the route that i'm doing uh, so that in the morning there are no excuses Uh, yeah. everything is lined up everything is in place i also don't uh, fumble around looking for things uh, so it's very easy for me to go from um, being in bed to getting on a bike it's, it's not that difficult okay. i also uh, keep something ready if i need to get something to eat then i have that ready as well so i i plan the whole thing uh, so that it's not difficult for me in the morning when i get up it's, it's, it becomes very easy so there are no doubts there are no none of these nagging questions and telling you hey it's chill take it easy you know uh, everything is lined up you just do tuck 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 and then you're out of the door uh, awesome. so i think that's that's one of the things that that works for me yeah so i think that planning uh, the day before and making sure that there you ease the resistance in the morning and uh, make make it make it out uh, make it make getting out very easy and uh, yes happens uh, in that case right. i think also committing to yeah. to having another person mm-hmm. you call up uh, a friend and say hey man you know let's write tomorrow it becomes so difficult to call up at 5 and say hey i'm really sorry man that person will be cursing he'll be like you woke me up and just cancel you know yeah uh, so i think having that person and committing to that person is also very important yeah just that... makes you a little more uh, yeah that is also a great uh, great tip because uh, having some um, being accountable for uh, someone uh, yes. having to say no is not is again difficult that is so yeah. you are making the bad habit uh, difficult and uh, you know good habit uh, easy that is you are uh, taking the resistance out but um, making the uh, making saying no difficult by having someone yeah. excellent, excellent yeah. points both great yeah. great so great uh, uh, talking to you uh, ganesh great tips and great uh, experiences uh, that you shared and the thing uh, uh, the um, activities the, the outdoor programs that you are doing at manipal and everything i think is fantastic um, that uh, is going to have add so much value to the uh, students uh, in their um, you know life and the be it the leadership um, uh, that they are going to learn out of it and the planning and everything i think is going to uh, be very valuable for them and uh, thank you for sharing all the experiences uh, with us and uh, to the listeners this is just a tip of the iceberg when it comes to uh, <laughs> the kind of experiences uh, he had in himalayas and all of them are in the book i think you should uh, check out uh, the uncharted um, my journey into the himalayas by ganesh nayak it is there available on um, amazon i will link it in the show notes 
uh, you can you should uh, definitely give that a try and uh, thanks again uh, uh, ganesh thanks thank you for your time thank you so much thank you thank you so much